where does yesterday's future, which is already here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. (laughs) Welcome, 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 welcome. I am Bonnie in the house. Happy to be here on Technology Revolution. And that was the voice of my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, VP of Broadcast Operations at World Talk Radio, the business channel on Voice America. Welcome. What a great show we have for you today. Let me tell you what the buzz on the street is today. We're talking about food. We're talking about groceries. What is the future of groceries as we know them now, as we We think we know them and maybe as we imagine them. Let me give you the buzz and a couple of industry quotes, and then I will ask my four esteemed panelists to introduce themselves. So here's today's buzz. A 2017 Kantar retail study showed that only 2% of U.S. food and alcohol sales are made online. Those of you who do a lot of online shopping, you may think it's more. It's not. 84% of respondents in a 2017 Morgan Stanley study said they prefer to grocery shop in person to see and choose the food they buy. That's right. We want to touch it. We want to smell it. We want to look at it. We want to handle the packaging. Here's a quote from 360.here.com. If retailers want to transform the way people purchase food, They need to use technology in a way that meets their business goals while addressing consumer needs. Very, very important. So change in the form of automation is coming to brick-and-mortar grocery. That's the store you actually walk into, and it needs to come. Let me give you a couple of factoids here. U.S. supermarket chain Kroger plans to partner with Neuro, N-U-R-O, on a driverless food delivery service using Neuro's autonomous vehicles. We've all heard autonomous vehicles. Driverless cars are coming. Yeah, they're coming to groceries. Here's another one. The futuristic grocery, kick-started back in 2016 by Amazon Go, offers a connected grocery store with no checkouts. Be still my heart. (laughs) They use deep learning, computer vision, and sensor fusion. So customers like us just automatically check out when we pick an item up off the shelf. Yes, that's technology at work. Here's another one. Microsoft and Kroger announced their data-driven connected grocery stores in Ohio and Washington. And one more. This you're going to love. At Food Lion, and I'm here in Durham, North Carolina, in the Triangle. Well, we have Food Lion stores. At Food Lion, Marty the Robot clean sweeps the store a dozen times every day to identify slip and fall hazards, scanning the shelves for out-of-stock items, and ensuring shelf pricing is aligned with the pricing on the register. Again, be still my heart. So I have four experts in the field of grocery. It's part of retail, as we know. And the question is, do legacy grocery stores have an expiration date if they don't automate? That's almost poetic. So in a second, you'll be hearing from my very special guest, Bill Bishop, co-founder of Brick Meets Click. He's been on radio with me before on some of my other series. John Lert is new to us. He's the founder and CEO of Alert. I like that innovation. Scott DeGrave, D-E-G-R-A-E-V-E, if you're looking for him, is the co-founder and CEO, COO of Loci, L-O-C-A-I Solutions. And rounding out the panel is Will Treasure, Director, Operations Strategy at Javelin Group and Managing Director at Accenture. Welcome, panelists. Bill Bishop, welcome back to radio with me. And please take a couple minutes and introduce yourself. Bonnie, thanks. It's great to be back. Uh, By way of background, and where I started in the grocery business was 
developing uh, a supermarket site selection model as part of uh, my doctoral dissertation at Cornell. Uh, that really hooked me on the whole idea of supermarkets and where they were headed. Uh, after that, and spending two years in the, Ar- in the U.S. Army as an operations systems analysis uh, MOS, uh, I joined the Supermarket Institute, now the Food Marketing Institute, as the uh, Vice President of Research, and during that time was quite actively involved in uh, the definition and, uh, of the Universal Product Code and some of the first testing of scanning. Uh, after several years, founded Willard Bishop Consulting, and uh, one of my goals there was while uh, SMI gave me knowledge that was a mile wide and an inch and an inch deep. I wanted to get a whole lot deeper than an inch, and mm-hmm. that led me to focusing on major developments influencing grocery. Uh, some of the things we worked on were uh, new competition. We kind of wrote the book on Aldi coming to America, uh, the automation of direct store delivery systems, pricing strategy, just three of the early areas. Then around 2010, uh, when I was winding down my involvement with Willard Bishop, I was searching for a very special cookie and realized that I could buy that cookie online. And when I bought it online, it kind of changed everything with respect to my relationship with the supermarkets in the Chicago area where I live. So uh, with that change, I said, you know what, this is bigger than scanning. So I went out and bought the whole series of Brick Meets Click uh, 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 activities on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And uh, quite frankly, the rest is history. So... Very glad to be here and glad to talk about automation. Thank you. But, Bill, I have to know, what cookie did you buy online? Everybody wants to know. What was the cookie that changed? It was a little Burry Lou dunking. uh, Will may be familiar. It's sort of like one of the favorite uh, coffee dunking cookies made by Burry Lou and at that time distributed by Kraft here in the United States. Like I say, not not very completely, even though they thought they did get good distribution. Thank you very much. I've seen that brand. Thank you. On the shelf. Bill, welcome back. And thank you again for helping me put together this panel. John Lert, who uses his last name L-E-R-T as part of his company name Alert Innovation. John Lert, please introduce yourself. We'd love to get to know you. Uh, well, thank you, Bonnie. Uh, well, it- uh, yes, uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Alert Innovation, and um, I discovered in, uh, when I was 30 years old, I was uh, uh, working in business and finance and discovered a talent for invention uh, when I invented a, uh, the, uh, the first uh, commercially viable automated system for tracking TV commercials, and I sold that to A.C. Nielsen Media Research and uh, led the t- team to develop that service. Then I... Uh, Spent a number of years, uh, you know, inventing for other people. Got very interested in supermarket retailing as an opportunity for innovation. I saw it as a um, business that was uh, very large scale. Every supermarket, you know, does a very, you know, quite a large uh, volume of business, but at very low margin uh, and uh, very underpenetrated by technology. And I, that led me, as an inventor, to try to see, you know, think of a way to uh, dramatically upgrade the 
the capability or the, the, uh, the business of supermarket retailing through the use of technology. And I started imagining a store where uh, people didn't have to walk up and down the center store aisles of the supermarket. Uh, the automation, an auto, some sort of automation system would be able to pick those orders for the customers uh, so quickly that they could order when they arrived at the store, pick their fresh goods in a checkout-free fresh market and the packaged goods would be ready when, they, when they're ready to leave. But, of mm-hmm. course, they could order uh, those packaged goods remotely. It's an electronic order. They don't have to be at the store to do that. And then the final step would be, yes, you could order your fresh goods remotely and just not even have to come to the store. You could have everything delivered to your house. So I recognize that as an opportunity for dramatically upgrading the, the customer experience. And when I started thinking about the details of that, I realized that if if you had the right automation system, it could also r- dramatically improve the economics and effectiveness of operating the store. And that um, led me to start looking at what the automation available, you know, automation technologies mm-hmm. were capable of doing. And I quickly discovered that there was nothing even close uh, to being able to do that. And uh, rather than, you know, a rational person would have said, okay, well, that's a really hard problem. Uh, somebody will figure it out someday, but I, I, I want to make some money in my lifetime. But I, I took it as a challenge and, and started working on designing automation technology that, that, you know, might work. And that took a very, very long time. Um, uh, but it, it did, I did, you know, uh, uh, in, along the way, I, I started a company, got uh, funding from a strategic partner uh, to develop a, an automation system to pick cases in distribution centers uh, and started the company that's now called Symbotic. I sold my interest to my investor uh, in 2009, st- continued to work there in 2011, but then started completely over to try to figure out to solve this problem. And in 2015, um, my co-founder and partner and I uh, collaborated to develop a concept for a robotic uh, picking system we call Alphabot, which mm. is a robot that can move in all three dimensions, and uh, so it's only one moving part in the whole system. And we were excited about that, and we, we uh, ended up talking to Walmart uh, in 2016 and partnered with them to develop the technology, and it's now coming to market. We have our first system up and running, uh, still in test. It's still uh, very, very new, but we are filling orders, and it's uh, it's working in a super center in Salem, New Hampshire. So um, that is the means to the end. The ultimate objective is to be able to advance uh, Alphabet and its capability and reliability to be able to uh, be able to deploy into the center store of supermarkets. Initially, it would be brand new stores, uh, probably mm-hmm. uh, two-story buildings with the automation system on the upper floor and a self-service checkout-free fresh uh, market on the first floor where customers have the choice. They don't have to, but they can, if they want, come in and select their own peaches and steaks and uh, seafood and so forth, um, or they can order those online. So that's the vision, and uh, with the, the technology now uh, coming to life uh, that can power it, we think that that's going to happen you know, in the not-too-distant future. Thank you very much, John. Pleasure to meet you. Interesting, interesting. Congratulations on advances in your company. You're getting there. Scott Thank DeGrave, you. you're next at Loci Solutions. Tell us two minutes who you are, Scott, and what's your relationship to this topic. Great. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I got into grocery in a, a little bit of a weird way, uh, but have been in for quite a while. Uh, so 
similar to John on the kind of business and finance side. I was working for an electronics manufacturer and did an uh, expat assignment in the UK and um, experienced home delivery there of primarily milk and staples, which uh, some of us at our age uh, remember that from the early days in the U.S. as well. But it's, yes, uh, yes. A passion, <laughs> it's a passionate service that, uh, that uh, folks in the U.K. had. And, and so after leaving there um, and moving back to the U.S. and uh, at a time when I had a young family, very young family, and watching how difficult it was for my wife going to the grocery store with two young kids uh, and reflecting back on that experience that I had in the, uh, in the UK, uh, we decided that we were going to uh, develop a home delivery business, primarily mm. milk and staples, just like they mm-hmm. were doing in the UK. And uh, we dove in. Uh, it was pretty early days back then. The Internet was just beginning to emerge uh, it, back then. So we were doing things like catalog and faxes and phone-in orders and eventually... I uh, had ordering software that people could dial in, uh, uh, log into AOL, and log in over a 14-baud modem and bring up some ordering software. So very, very tough and crude back then. But uh, So that's how kind of I got into the, into the grocery side. I came in from the online side of it as opposed from the traditional supermarket. Um, later, my company uh, was acquired by Peapod. And Peapod mm. was, you know, the earliest of, of sure. all the online uh, grocers in the space. And I spent 15 years there during a period of really uh, a lot of evaluation and questioning on the part of uh, consumers and retailers. And is, is online really ever going to work? And so a lot of ups and downs and challenges. And as part of Peapod, we're also part of a bigger uh, company, Ahold, which had grocery chains that were our sister companies, companies like uh, Giant and Stop and Shop. So we had that integration activity going on with those um, brick-and-mortar retailers. And I would say through that whole time, it was always trying to figure out how do you blend this convenience of online with the in-store shopper. And uh, as things continued to emerge and, and um the technology has emerged, and you know it began to start making more more sense to people. So, uh, so I, after I left Peapod, then I uh, just went out and uh, was an independent consultant, working for uh, grocers, helping them in their online space uh, uh, in all aspects of that. And then um, for a period, I joined uh, a company called Door to Door Organics in Colorado. Uh, there, they were a direct to the consumer. Uh, operation and uh, we ended up closing down the operations of that. But uh, we loved the software that we were using to run that business, so um, we acquired the software from a private equity company, and we are now taking that software to grocers to help enable them to be able to do uh, e-commerce, all aspects of that. And I've, uh, you know, throughout these years, I've, uh, you know, uh, interacted with John and Bill over time as we looked at different things, and even when I was at Peapod, you know, and thinking about all sorts of different levels of automation and manual efforts and and so forth. So, it's been quite a quite a fun ride. It's great to see where online has uh, come to now, and how now we're finally getting to that blending of of online and brick and mortar. Thank you very much, Scott. Pleasure. And now our fourth panelist, Will Treasure. Please introduce yourself. Uh, greetings uh, from the UK. 
um, I, uh, I work with uh, retailers on the brands and brands helping them in the move to uh, online and particularly in the logistics and technology area. Um, my, my background is that 22 years ago, I built the UK's first national grocery home shopping service. We had 800 stores, which we delivered from 1,000 vans and drivers. Um, and we were the first, and it was very exciting. And um, following that, then, I moved into an advisory role. And uh, since then, I've worked with about 20 major grocers worldwide in Europe, UK, US, Australia, and Middle East, helping them build their online businesses. I am honored to have the four of you on the show. I have to tell you, I'm going to be welcoming a new sponsor in just a minute. I'll start the ad, but I wanted to tell you, the four of you, Bill Bishop knows this about me. I love shopping in person. I moved to Durham, North Carolina two years ago from Long Island, New York. I wondered, well, I can't walk up the block here to my local grocery store, which I enjoyed for so many years. There is a brand new Harris Teeter, 1.3 miles from where I live. I go there and just enjoy the experience of being in the store. Their their liquor department, their wine department rather, is bigger than most wine stores. If you ask anybody for help, they will leave whatever they're doing, any store personnel, and take you to that department and make sure you find. They, the checkers ask you if you found everything you needed. <laughs> they will help you with anything and everything. And unlike New York grocery stores where you have to take the goods out of the cart and put them on the conveyor and sometimes pack them yourself, here they take everything out of your cart, they pack it, they put it back in the cart, and even offer to have somebody take the card out to your car. So it's a complete experience. When I moved here, I was so, I didn't know many people, so I used to make my Saturday nights alone. I'd go to the grocery store all dressed up and just spend an hour and a half browsing the aisles and shopping, not looking for anything in particular, but that was, my date was getting out of the house and going to Harris Teeter at 8 o'clock at night all dressed up and just looking around and just observing people and shopping. And, and now I only go on Thursdays and I'll tell you why. Because Thursdays Thursdays, anybody over a certain age, which I call the New York age of the speed limit, you know what that is, 55, we'll leave that vague, gentlemen, uh, you get a 5% discount on Thursdays and you get extra uh, gasoline points if you buy enough. But so anyway, so now I'm getting my 20 cents off a gallon every three weeks and I get my 5% off on Thursdays. And so that's why I love in, in-person shopping. Any quick comments from anybody? Just, just anybody else agree with me on that from a personal standpoint, Bill or Will or Scott or or John, anybody? Well, I'd like to ask a question. So yes. uh, if you think about the store as being sort of two separate markets, there's the packaged goods market, which is the center store, mm-hmm. and then there's the fresh goods market. Yes. Which of those are you? do you consider to be, you know, the experience? Are you going there for the experience of being in the store? Oh, goodness, that's a great question. Um, I do shop extensively on the outside, the fresh goods, the cheese, the milk, the eggs, uh, bacon, yogurt. I love the fruit department, and they have a fabulous deli where they actually make you taste a sample before you buy. So sometimes I go there for lunch because they'll give me a slice of ham or turkey or anything like that. But um, I I appreciate, uh, and the fish department, they have a great fresh fish department, shrimp and salmon and anything you want, the farm, the, the whatever the different types are. So I would say I enjoy the experience of the ones of the departments on the outside because there were people there. There are people there to talk to, right? See that you're you're the uh, prototype. You're the epitome of the customer of of where 
of my vision of the of the store, which is that the fresh market is mm-hmm. experiential retail. The, that packaged yes. goods market, you just you know, you typically you know what you want to buy. You don't spend a lot of time selecting right. products there, and you don't handling the products. It's packaged goods. You could do that from from images just as easily as you could handling the products. So I do. So in in, in my vision of the store, uh, you would love the store because the whole store that you would be shopping in would be that fresh market and uh you, you, but you have the choice at any time of simply ordering online and having it uh, delivered if you wish but my feeling is that people many people do really enjoy that experience experience of yes. shopping for fresh food people love food we've 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 adapted this wonderful uh, uh, um, uh, survival instinct of wanting to eat, and so we love food. Yes. <laughs> and so people who really love to engage with food, that the fresh market is where you do that, and packaged goods, let the robots pick that. So that's that's really our vision of, 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 of the future. Thank you. Of You're right on. They also have a fabulous flower department, and I buy st- two, two exactly. stems of Asian lilies for $4, and they last between a right. week and two weeks. And I, I love that part. I'm going to go to my ad now because we are so happy to welcome a brand-new sponsor here to Technology Revolution, the future of now. The name of the company is Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. It rhymes with happier. So let me tell you all about them, and I'm sure my four guests will appreciate this information. Grow Growing a business is hard. We all know that, especially when you're wasting hours every day moving data. Come on, data drives businesses today. Moving data from your emails to maybe spreadsheets or other documents where you're collecting the data to your CRM or wherever they're going. Shouldn't that kind of stuff just happen? We're talking about automation today. Shouldn't it just happen without you having to lift a finger? Well, that's where Zapier can help. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. How? Well, I'll tell you. It connects your business software and handles the work for you so you can focus on other things that matter the most. Don't waste time on tasks that you know could be automated. That's what Zapier was built to do. So there's a special link waiting for all of you to go and try it out. Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash and put in the word revolution, the name of this show, R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N. You connect the apps that you use the most and you let Zapier take it from there. It lets you engage with leads, send them to CRM or a spreadsheet, and notifies your team so they can act fast on every wonderful opportunity. And that's just scratching the surface. Zapier supports more than 1,500 business applications. That's right, 1,500. Do you even use a fraction of that many? So the possibilities are virtually endless. Best of all, you can build the exact solution you need in a matter of minutes. It's fast. You don't have to write code. You don't have to get a developer to help you. More than 4.5 million people are already using Zapier, and guess what? They're saving on average 40 hours a month. That's a lot of time by using Zapier. So here's the action we were interested in right now through November. Now, today is, what, September 18, 2019? Through November, try Zapier for free. Who doesn't love free? By going to the special link, Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash revolution. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash revolution. Free 14-day trial, Zapier dot 
com slash revolution. I've tried it. I love it. My my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, uses it. A lot of people I know do, and now you can. So thank you very much, Zapier. Welcome to Technology, the Future of Now. So here we are, and it's time now for my four esteemed guests to share with us a quote. I asked them for a quote from a book, a movie, a song, something about the future that's not specifically about our topic, which is grocery today. So we're going to start with Bill Bishop. Gentlemen, let's take this, keep this really, really fast, make it almost a lightning round. Take about 90 seconds to explain the quote and how you picked it and what it has to do. So Bill Bishop started out with a quote from Doc Brown in the movie Back to the Future, 1985 film. Doc Brown was selected by Empire Magazine, Bill, as one of the 100 greatest movie characters of all time, ranking at number 20. This is back in 2008. Here's the quote. You're not thinking fourth dimensionally. Bill Bishop, tell me quickly, how does this relate to our topic? Well, when it comes to automation, I think uh, the vast majority of people are still only thinking one or two versus fourth dimensionally uh, in terms of the potential for automation. They have their own mind's eye picture of what it means, but in fact, uh, on all four and perhaps even more dimensions, automation is emerging, whether it be AI uh, or in robotics or on some other dimensions, uh, and that stream of developments is continuing. So for me, um, we've got to really reach out and start thinking multidimensionally to get a full appreciation of automation. Thank you very much, Bill. John Lurt, you're up next. Quote from Dennis Gabor, Nobel Prize winning physicist and inventor. He invented the hologram. Who doesn't love the hologram? And this quote is frequently attributed to Abraham Lincoln, but our research shows it was really Dennis Gabor. Here's the quote. The best way to predict the future is to create it. John, talk to me. Well, I mean, that, uh, that's uh, very personal to me because I've been working for more than 25 years to create this uh, uh, cap- the capability of, of building automated supermarkets, and now it seems like the world has, you know, come around. Uh, I've, I've been on this path to try to create the supermarket, and uh, now the world is in need of it, and so um, I'm hoping to be able to bring that vision to life uh, and, in, in essence, create the future of retail, uh, um, you know, Having predicted it, uh, predicted the need for it, having recognized the need, uh, brought it to life. So, I mean, you know, it's very difficult to predict the future, as everyone knows. But if you uh, are lucky and uh, you pursue a vision and the vision becomes real, then you've, in essence, uh, helped to create that future. Thank you very much. And that's what this show is all about. Technology revolution, the future of now. We're all part of the future of now. And and my theory, I posit this very strongly, is that when people say the future is already here, well, that was yesterday's future. But today's future hasn't happened, and that's what we're all talking about here. We're all part of making it happen. Scott DeGrave, you're up next. You sent me a quote from Larry Ellison, the co-founder of Oracle. I don't need to explain any more about him. Here's the quote. Very interesting. See things in the present even if they are in the future. Scott, talk to me. Yeah, so I love the entrepreneurial aspect of this because, uh, you know, many people will wait to uh, let things come to them. But uh, I think this is, uh, John's a good testament of this, where he, you know, years ago saw automation uh, being robotics, being part of the part of the store. And, and so what I really like about this is that it drives you to action. If you actually can visualize what's happening, um, what you see in the future, and you visualize it happening now, I think it really drives you to action. I love a uh, 
process that Amazon actually goes through where they, when they uh, develop a new initiative uh, and, you know, they gather around it, uh, someone's assigned the task of writing a press release of when this uh, initiative is going to be completed. They say, you know, they go ahead and write the press release if it's, you know, 12 months from now that it's going to happen. They post it up on the wall, and everybody kind of rallies around that vision. So if you can see it now, it'll drive you to uh, where you want to go. Thank you. Good reality check on, on being part of that future. I appreciate that. We'll treasure you up with your quote. We are harking back to the days of William Shakespeare. Haven't had a Shakespeare quote on my shows in ages, Will. So I was very pleased. This is from The Tragedy of Julius Caesar, history play and tragedy by William Shakespeare, believed to have been written back in 1599 based on true events from Roman history. And here's the quote. Everybody listen up. I think part of this will be familiar to all of our listeners. There is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads on to fortune. Omitted, all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. Will, I hope I did justice to that. You would have been better off reading it. Will, tre- Will treasure. Everything sounds better from Shakespeare with a British accent. Go ahead, tell us quickly, how does, what does this have to do with our topic, Will? Um, well, it's very true for me personally. Um, uh, 20 years ago, I left a uh, you know good job with a retailer, having built a you know successful home shopping business, and went and became a retail advisor. And started with a couple of colleagues a business called Javelin Group, and um, we were just there at the right time. We set ourselves up to help retailers build their online businesses, and um, but I think it's also true for businesses too, that there's a right time to get behind change. You know, you do it too early and you're just ahead of your customers. You do it too late and your competitors have got there ahead of you and it's very, very hard to catch up. So it's all about, you know, working out when is the tide there and when you should take it. Thank you very much. Isn't that true? It's, it's, uh, I used to I used to be on the board of directors at my co-op residence where I lived in Great Neck, New York, and somebody once said we were trying to figure out whether we should refinance the mortgage for the building, Will, and somebody said we're looking at the, I think the term was the saucer of the teacup, exactly when was that tipping point, when we should, when we shouldn't, when were the rates a certain way, when did we get to a certain point in the current mortgage, so very interesting, it's, it's all about timing, and that's why we're all here today talking, if you're just tuning in, by the way, welcome to Technology Revolution in the future of now. This is a topic that impacts every one of you listening around the world. And by the way, thank you to last month we had 40,000 listeners all over the globe and we really appreciate your listenership and we hope you're giving you're giving us your time and we hope we're giving you back some interesting information. Grocery, we all have to eat. Somebody said, well, you're going to shop somewhere, somehow, online, in person. So that's what we're talking about. Grocery expiration date. I thought that was such a clever title. Automate or die. Now we're time up the time up on the show for us to go to the predictions. I've asked my four panelists. We have Bill Bishop at Brick Meets Click. We have John Lert at Alert Innovation. I still love the name of your company, John. Scott DeGrave at Loci Solutions and Will Treasure at the Javelin Group and Accenture. So we're going to start off with one prediction from each. Let's make this almost a lightning round really quickly. You're going to each explain your prediction. Then we'll go to prediction number two around the table. And let's see if we can get through three. We're now at the halfway point and we have a lot to cover. So Bill Bishop, prediction number one, automation will be the primary way supermarkets remain competitive. Bill, talk to me. Well, as uh, 
We have a tremendous number of stores that aren't going to be able to convert to some of the modern, completely modern and progressive ideas that have been discussed. So I, I can see automation from the basic to the most advanced being an absolute essential way that supermarkets remain competitive in the future. And the main driver of this is how do they reduce their operating costs so they can survive under the increased margin pressure. It's just a relentless part of today's world. So automation will help them survive the margin pressure and remain competitive. I don't think there's any other tool that can help them do that. Thank you very much, Bill. Let's go to, let's see, next on the panel, John Lurt. John's first prediction, robot pickers and packers. John, you mentioned a little bit before. Why don't you take us a little deeper on your prediction, please? Well, that's, uh, I'm, I'm predicting that we will be successful. That's what I'm predicting, that, that, um, that we will be able to deploy uh, our Alphabet uh, technology into uh, grocery stores, and that will um, you know, succeed in being able to serve customers uh, without the customers having to um, walk up and down the aisle. You know, one of the interesting things, or one of the more ironic things, I think, is that this is sort of back to the future. We're going back to clerk service where customers would walk in the store and the clerks would would uh, uh, collect the products that the customer uh, wants to take with them. Uh, only this time the clerks are robots and, and they're, they're, you know, roaming around the uh, the store of product to collect the products for the customers. So that's that, that's that future. That's Thank you very much. And one of you earlier in the show, one of you mentioned the days, in the early days when we had home delivery. I grew up in the era, I'm not going to date myself, but I grew up when we had the milkman. We had the bakery guy. It was Dugan, D-U-G-A-N, Dugan's Bakery. He'd come with a big cart, and he'd ask my mom to pick, did she want the, the, the cupcakes with the different color sprinkles on top, or did she want the pound cake or whatever? And then we had the soda guy who came with, with the, the, <laughs> with the Coca-Cola and the seltzer and whatever. So we had home delivery, and, and now we're going back to personalized delivery. Very, very interesting. Scott DeGrave, I'm up to your prediction number one, you say, the sales floor in grocery stores will continue to shrink. What does this mean? Yes. So, uh, really, uh, building on uh, what John and Bill have said, uh, the perimeter, it was interesting to hear your response to John's question and how you love to shop the perimeter of the store. Mm-hmm. And I think, we, I think we believe that as well. And so... Uh, the actual selling space where the consumer is walking around and, and smelling and touching and feeling and buying um, will become smaller as we do things like we've been talking about in terms of actually using robotics to autom- <clears throat> excuse me, automate some of the package goods stuff that is, is really the stuff that is, is draining more than enjoyable. So, you know, which aisle is the soup in, which aisle is this the cereal mm-hmm. in, and, and that's not an exciting part of it. So trying to, uh, I think retailers are really trying to make that experience a much more enjoyable. So really have the consumer focus on those areas that are, are of most interest to them. Thank you very much. Will Treasure, prediction number one, more groceries. I'm just going to stop at those two words and let you explain what this is. More, more groceries, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more groceries will be delivered to more customers every year. Uh, and what I'm really saying is that online ordering for delivery and collection is going to continue to grow. Here in the UK, one out of every 12 
grocery items is now delivered to customers. It's ordered online and delivered. And in every country and every retailer that we've worked with, we have seen online growing. And so the move from store shopping to online shopping, I believe, is just going to continue for a long time. Thank you very much. We're going to round two of our predictions. This is very exciting. Bill Bishop, number two. I like this one, Bill. You say automation will attract a more educated and productive workforce to food retailing. Bill, what in the world are we talking about? Well, first of all, let me say that I remember the Dugan Bakery man as well, and it was always <laughs> exciting to uh, hear this call from the truck, Dugan Baker, and of course the kids would run out ahead of mom and uh, yes. and grab those uh, cupcakes and, and other yep. uh, sweet goods. But in terms of uh, automation impacting uh, our workforce, uh, we've never had a tighter labor market. We're already seeing an indication that some retailers are improving benefits. Uh, others are moving from part-time to full-time employment with the idea of increasing retention. But what's really fun is when you talk to young people, and that's who's in play right now, they get very excited when they realize that the supermarket is involved in some advanced uh, automation and technology. They're proud of it. They're stimulated by it. So I think this is going to be a very important flywheel in helping us retain what will always be the most important resource, your human resource. Thank you very much. Thank you for telling me you're a Dugan fan also. Oh, we're really dating ourselves, Bill. John Lurt, prediction number two, free time. Tell us what this is all about, please. Well, that's a follow-on because um, the, the, the key my, the, the key benefit to the customers for this automated retail um, mm-hmm. era is going to be they don't have to do the work that they've uh, always had to do in self-service. So it's sort of back to automated clerk service where the the uh, but it's a combination of automated clerk service and, ca- and and you know electronic catalog service so customers can do their shopping uh, in bits and pieces of time available to them and so they don't have to be at the store and that's going to free up time uh, it's it, it's significant to to know that the average consumer uh, average household spends 60 hours a year shopping for groceries Oh, so really? If, if, if a third of that is in the fresh market and two-thirds is in the packaged goods market, mm-hmm. we eliminate that uh, 40 hours a, a year. And for customers who don't uh, choose to go to the store, they can uh, eliminate 60 hours a year of that task and have it available for more of their family time or free time or more work time, however they want to spend it. So that's the key benefit, I think. Thank you very much. And by the way, my Harris Teeter has a bar with a couple of sports TVs, and they served dinner, uh, a wonderfully priced dinner. And one day I went into the store, and the line was out the door. They had some kind of a turkey dinner or a lobster dinner or something. The line was out the door. People are waiting to pick up or eat in the bar. No comment. Okay, I'm not that social. I did revive my stand-up comedy career about a year ago, and I made a comment. If you're single and looking looking for a potential mate or a date, go to the bar area and the fresh food area in Harris and check what's in the men's grocery carts. If there's anything related to feminine hygiene or baby formula, keep looking. Let's leave that one alone. Scott DeGrave, prediction number two. Check out, check out. Check out as we know it will go away. Where is it going? Yeah, so it's so interesting how these technologies 
when they first come out, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to visualize how it's going to be so much just a part of our lives. You look at things, uh, you know, like uh, early on when you first started paying for your gas at the pump or, you know, one uh, maybe more recent than that, things I think about toll roads where you used to have to go through and pay the guy cash and now you just keep on driving. Well, I think as these uh, manual tasks are um, available and technology uh, evolves, it really makes it um easier to replace some of these manual tasks and uh, check out is clearly one that is not one not enjoyable for the consumer that's oftentimes the complaint about uh, grocery shopping is waiting mm-hmm. in line at the checkout and it's also a very automated task that uh, technology can can eliminate the manual side of it so I really think that Amazon go kind of kicked this off with their uh, mm-hmm. you know, shop and go technology and others are doing it now and while they're as with all technology there's some choppiness when it gets started I think we're seeing that getting refined and, and more and more I think this is uh, this will be coming relatively quickly thank you very much Will Treasure I'm going to skip your prediction number two because we've already talked about picking by automated solutions but I love number three you talking about hybrid stores Will Treasure what is this all about yeah yeah so this is um it's a real challenge for grocers as online uh, online grocery grows uh, hardly anybody is making money out of it and so everybody's looking for what's the lowest cost way to deal with home delivery um, the time that's come out of customers uh, customers uh, into the stores it's done somewhere and the beauty of the hybrid stores is that you're using existing space that is often not needed anymore because actually the groceries can be packed into a smaller space now. And the other thing is your delivery is a short distance from the store to the customer. So your delivery costs are significantly lower. So using some of the surplus space in the big supermarkets, delivering locally to customers is probably the lowest cost way to uh, to make our, you know for online grocery to uh, to be fulfilled um, and using automation of the type that John is building for Walmart is absolutely part of the plan to uh, to do that thank you very much Bill Bishop around the table to you I'm going to skip your prediction number three because we've already talked about the changes at the checkout so I'm going to go to number four Bill and number four is the biggest impact of automation over the long term will be to improve the grocery shopping experience. Bill, talk to me. Well, what I'm really thinking about here is not the normal definition of experience, but what we might call a synthetic definition of experience. And that will be the integration of virtual and augmented reality into the shopping experience. One of the things that we've observed is uh, is that... If a shopper can sort of feel like they're inside a store in a virtual sense, but still be shopping online, it's a whole different and more positive experience. So we're going, this hasn't yet emerged, at least in broad scale, but I think as virtual and augmented reality emerge and become integrated into automation, it will result in a dramatic change and dramatic improvement in experience and basically let the store be existing any place, any time. Thank you very much. I have to, I'm going to do a true confession to my four panelists. 
I recently did some pricing on something that anybody from the New York area will know is the only way to have an ice cream soda and egg cream is Ubet syrup. And I actually met one of the people who, uh, I forget his last name, but he lived in Great Neck, and I interviewed him for the Great Neck record, and he sent me a case of Ubet syrup as a gift. This was in the glass jars many years ago. I was a reporter for the Great Neck record newspaper, and I had to give them away because I didn't want to eat, sleep, and drink chocolate syrup 24 hours a day, which I was tempted to do. I recently discovered that Ubet syrup is carried in my Harris Teeter. I recently discovered that it's very expensive, so I had the audacity to go online and look on Amazon, and I found that I could buy a gallon, a gallon of Ubet syrup and have it delivered to the house, and I did. So in order to not eat, sleep, and drink chocolate syrup, I keep it in the extra refrigerator in the garage, and I fill the small 8-ounce bottle about once a week up to the top, and I use that, and then I pace myself. So uh, I don't know. What does this make me? Does this make me a hybrid shopper that I'm using using what I bought in the grocery store as the container for what I bought online? Anybody want to make a quick comment about that? Well, Anybody I think what remember you're doing is yes? um, going to be something that we'll see more of uh, uh, in motivated by two things. Number one, savings. But number two, I think also motivated to reduce the amount of packaging in the waste stream. And, uh, and plastic and package, packaging in general and plastic are really under a lot of siege. So oh, yeah. anything that uh, helps reduce packaging, if I'm following this, I think would be, uh, will be well received from a personal value point of view of many shops. Thank you. I hope I'm not at risk for giving my, my, my preference for Ubet syrup, but it's really still good. It doesn't mix very well. You have to almost use a fork to get it out of the bottom of the glass, but it's worth the extra effort. So let's go to John Lurt's prediction number three, keeping it fresh. And we talked about fresh goods. Anything you want to add? You mentioned produce, meat, seafood, floral, anything else. You say some people might just want to come in to watch the robots operate. Will we actually see robots on the floor of the grocery store, John? I haven't no. seen them yet. Well, no. Oh. Okay. Not with our technology. There are other there are other companies that are working on uh, robots that do roam floors and, and in some cases fly as drones uh, uh, to help the, the retailer um, you know manage the store. Uh, uh, this, I'm not sure which was the prediction that it was the fresh. What was the? Yes, this is keeping it fresh. The only reason customers will come inside a store oh, is that they right. want to select okay. their own that, fresh goods. Right. The reason, yes. exactly, and it was getting to the, the exchange that you and I had was you mm-hmm. love to go to the store, and, yep. and I believe that many people do. There's a social aspect of inter- yes. interacting with people, yes. but it has to do with interacting with the food. People, you know, especially if you cook, you're, you're, you're shopping for the ingredients that you're going to feed to your family, and um my belief is that that is experiential retail. We have evolved as a species uh, for tens of thousands, uh, you know, millennia of years uh, uh, to go to this market and, and, and provide the, the food for our family. I think those kinds of behaviors are very deep-seated, and people do, many people do want to. So, you know, in, within retail, there's sort of a, um, a divide, a philosophical divide. Some people believe no people, don't, nobody's going to want to just go to the store anymore. Every if you, it's so convenient to order online. Uh, my belief that my belief is that uh, a lot of people do really enjoy going to the store, and they will continue mm-hmm. to do so. Thank you very much, Scott DeGrave. We have prediction number four from you. This is very interesting. You say offering more than groceries. 
I believe they will. Grocery stores will evolve to bring other things to consumers rather than just groceries. Scott, what are you seeing? What's the vision here? Yeah, so it's interesting, uh, Bonnie, that you said you spent an hour and a half. Uh, you enjoyed that uh, being in the store, and I don't think everyone is like that. I think uh, um, you know, building on some of the things that we've talked about, uh, there are parts of the store like what you described mostly on the perimeter that people mm-hmm. do enjoy. But, uh, the rest of it, it can be kind of uh, painful where you're shopping all those items that you don't know which aisle they're in and you're trying to figure your way way through it and then you know, the checkout. So these, it, it, this enjoyment of the store can be deflated uh, by these other tasks that, it, that come along with it. So I think grocers are now trying to say, how do I make the store a more enjoyable experience? Mm-hmm. If, if it's going to the, the uh, actual selling floor is going to shrink to really focus on those uh, highly valued and perishable items that the consumer enjoys shopping. What else can I do? How can I make this an enjoyable experience to bring uh, customers to the store uh, and have that be something that they would feel is very efficient because it has services at the store or it's just exciting because uh, it's a more of a fun trip now. So I think things like uh, you see uh, companies like uh, Hy-Vee, um, experimenting with restaurants in their store, and we've seen this other places. I don't see it so much as new categories of products being sold mm-hmm. in the store as much as I see what are other convenience components uh, for their consumer while they're having their grocery shop and maybe it's picked through the robotics. What else can I do while I'm there? Is there education classes? Is there a health clinic? What are the services that will really make this a much more convenient trip to the to the store as well as a more enjoyable trip than what it is today. Thank you. And I just recently, uh, cha- well, changed. I added a, a more a convenient banking service for getting cash, and it turns out there's an ATM in my grocery store. The only problem is that the, the company I'm using now, very popular, a lot of ads on TV, I looked at the map of where the ATMs were, and they said there was one at Harris Teeter. Well, I combed the aisle on the outside of the store past the checker stations next to the customer service desk, and there was one ATM. And it didn't have the name of my banking company on it. It was a different bank. So I was perplexed. I went to the customer service desk. I said, where is the such-and-such ATM? They said, we only have one. Try it. So I put my card in the ATM, and sure enough, the other bank that I'm using did not have their branding on the ATM, but they used the other bank's ATM. So I was able to get the cash, but there was a point of confusion where I was literally wandering around the store looking for another <laughs> ATM branded. And I thought that was a tremendous, well, it was a lost opportunity for the one that yeah. I'm using to not have at least a sticker say, use, you know, it starts with C and the next word it starts with O. Use this for your so-and-so banking card. And, and it took me a while. So I learned a lot, but I was disappointed they didn't take that opportunity to brand. We have time for one more prediction. And this is from Will Treasure. And then we're going to wrap up. Will, I changed your prediction. I made a headline. I love the French phrase. And I know you're British, but maybe you're familiar with this. Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. Meaning the more things change, the more they stay the same. And your prediction is in 10 years' time, and we're now on the precipice of 2020, in 10 years' time, most customers will still shop most of the time as they do now. I'm going to say, Will Treasure, how dare you, after we're talking about all these wonderful innovations. What do you mean by this? Um, What I mean is that the customer is just slow to change. I mean, here in the UK, 
we have had all the major grocery chains now offering online shopping for collection or delivery for 15 years. And, you know, it's 8% of, of, of groceries are delivered online. Do you know, so we still have uh, 92% of people shopping as normal in the store, just like you do, Bonnie, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. What I'm really saying is that all these innovations are really important and we should get behind them. But we must still remember that it's still going to be most customers shopping in the store as they do now in 10 years' time. And, you know, we, we just have to remember that product price availability and service in the stores is absolutely critical to get right, you know, because that's what customers go in for, whether it's the uh, the U-Best syrup or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, that right product, right price on the shelf and yes. with good service, you know, is, is still absolutely core to the success of a retailer. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, I did something just now that I should have done at the beginning of the show, the history of the word grocery. So forgive me. We have two and a half minutes left. I'm going to ask you all, after I read this little blurb from Merriam-Webster, Words at Play, and talk you about the history of the word grocery. I'm sure you all know it, but I'm going to say it very quickly. I'm going to ask you all if, by 2025, you think the word grocery is passe, old-fashioned, hack, whatever, what would you rename the word grocery? So here's the article is Grocery's Boozy History. The history of grocery begins with a dealer who sold by the gross, large quantities at discounted retail prices. A grocer in medieval England was a wholesaler, and the name is derived from an Anglo-French word having the same meaning, grocer, G-R-O-S-E-R. Grocer, with a C, gained widespread use during the 14th century when a group of wholesale dealers in spices and foreign produce came together to form the Company of Grocers of London, which now exists as, well, I hope you're bracing yourself for this, Worshipful Company Worshipful Company of Grocers, a charitable and ceremonial organization in London. In time, the name Grocer came to refer to a trader who dealt in staple foodstuffs like coffee, tea, sugar, cocoa, and flour. By the 19th century, the grocer could apply for license to sell beer, blah, 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 and the first known use of grocery was in the 15th century. So, gentlemen, quickly around the table, Bill Bishop, what would you change the word grocery to? Tell me one word. Personalized eating. Okay. John Lurt, what would you change the word grocery to? Mm. I, 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 I would keep it. I like grocery. Okay. You're well allowed to say that. Scott DeGray, what would you change it to or not? I would go to something around meals, meal planning. Oh, okay. Will Treasure, what would you change it to? Uh, food shop. Food I shop. Go I, food I'm shop. going with you on that one, kid. I'm going with that with you. Uh, like so that. reminder to reminder to our listeners, we welcome Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R, on the show today as one of our esteemed sponsors right now through November. Try Zapier free for 14 days. Go to Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash revolution, R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-M, which the show is about. I want to thank Bill Bishop. Bill, you assembled a fabulous panel. I really appreciate it. John Lurt, pleasure to meet you. Scott DeGrave, very happy to have you on. Will Treasure, keep the accent and come back sometime. Ryan Treasure, my co-producer. Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at Voice America, World Talk Radio, the Business Channel. Thank you, everyone, for being on the show, for listening. Appreciate it. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week when our topic will be cybersecurity wars, technology for us or for them. Ooh, have a great day, everyone. Bonnie DeGram signing off. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. 
Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. 